Welcome to the Motor City Hoops Podcast, your home for all things Detroit Pistons and NBA. Thank you for choosing Motor City Hoops, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. Welcome to episode 57 of the Motor City Hoops podcast. I know the regular season has finally started, but if you have some time, make sure you check out episode 56 with James Edwards III from The Athletic. That was an incredible episode wrapping up the preseason, talking about this year, but even other topics like Ben Wallace and John Beeline's role in the organization, and got into some great stories and content about life as a beat writer for James and his interactions with the team. But on this episode, I'm trying something for the first time. I will be doing this one solo and giving you my instant reactions, recap, and breakdown of the season opener versus the Bulls. This is not something I'll do for every game, unless you, the listener, ask for them, but thought it might be fun to do for the season opener and some of the other quote-unquote bigger games throughout the season. So I'm recording this immediately after the Pistons' 88-94 loss to the Chicago Bulls. Kind of a heartbreaking loss, kind of the, the story of last season, guys. If you you know remember all the, the games that kind of went this way last year, and we'll talk about that, kind of how the end of the game went. The first thing, obviously, Cade Cunningham not playing. I know we were all disappointed. I know I was disappointed. A lot of seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about should I go to the game now or not? Hopefully people still win. It was still an exciting game. It was fun to see the Pistons back in action. But Cade Cunningham not playing. Sounds like we may not see him until the Pistons are back from their road trip with him not starting Frank Jackson got into the starting lineup and I'll be honest as much as a Frank Jackson fan as I am I'm not sure he necessarily played well I thought he was forcing a lot if we go to his stat line he had seven points two rebounds one of five from three so had a couple nice plays the one three was a a banked in three that you know really didn't look good coming out so I I do think he's forcing a little bit I'd like to see Frank to get back into kind of the three-pointers we saw last year before he really starts to change up and take these kind of more difficult um, threes that he's taking so Kind of interested to see moving forward if Frank can kind of find that rhythm again. Maybe he's going to be one of those guys that's better coming off the bench, which is something else that we'll have to watch for with that wing uh, competition at the wing for the second unit minutes. Low scoring first quarter, not necessarily great basketball to start off this game, but it was scrappy as we know and love about our Detroit Pistons. Josh Jackson, as we kind of move into some guys in the second unit, had an extremely strong start on both ends of the floor. I thought he played really, really well. Um, Had a a tough stretch late in the fourth um, that I'll talk about in a second as I continue to go through the recap here, but wasn't just offensively where we saw did see some good decision making from Josh, but on the defensive end, contesting shots, just causing havoc with some turnovers, playing all around solid basketball. How about Isaiah Stewart doing everything we know and love about Isaiah Stewart? 
Um, you know, finishing really well around the rim. I thought that was huge for him. He was grabbing rebounds, got some blocked shots. Just, again, everything we love about Beef Stew we saw tonight. He ended with a stat line of 12 points and 8 rebounds. So a really, really nice night from Isaiah Sewer. I saw someone tweet about his growth throw, and I'm not sure we saw that. So whenever I think about Isaiah Stewart and growth, I'm thinking about him being that short roll passer, making plays for other, knocking down threes. I believe he took one three tonight and missed it. Um, and we didn't see him really shoot it well in the preseason either. So that's one thing that we'll, I'll continue to look for from Isaiah Stewart is that true growth and, and what I feel like is true growth with Stewart in is he, you know, that all around offensive game. Didn't really see him put it on the floor. And we didn't even really see him get a chance to go into the post and show his post up game. I will say if there was one area of growth or maybe something I was interested to see, I thought he held up well at the rim, especially against Vooch, who's a big guy, good offensive player. And I thought he did a good job holding up there. As we continue to move through the first half, I thought the Pistons had a great end to the first half. You saw the Bulls kind of starting to get some rhythm and some flow after not starting out. Um, looking very good offensively, but the the Pistons were able to respond and match everything the Bulls threw at them. And I'll talk more about that whenever we get to the plays of the game segment. Starting into the third quarter, man, Sadiq Bey looked really good, guys. I, I think we all have to be encouraged and excited about what Sadiq Bey showed today. He was really, really solid, had a stretch in the third quarter where he looked really good, but it's his all-around game, all right? He was passing the ball well, that mid-post game, which is kind of a thing with these Pistons. I think we're going to see a lot of guys in the mid-post, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, Cade Cunningham when he gets on the floor. We're going to see the offense flow through them. From the three-point line, he was 0 for 4, um, but I think after what we saw from Sadiq Bey last year from the three-point line, that's not something we should be concerned about. But it was exciting to see that all-around game, his passing ability. I went on Locked on Pistons with Koo, and I said, I'm not sure he's going to develop that passing game. I'm not sure that's something develop you, you develop later in your basketball career. Not his NBA career, but his basketball career as a whole. But maybe he's one of those guys that was there for him, and the game is just slowing down. Third quarter action really picked up. Lots of back and forth. I thought this was when the game got really exciting. Second unit lost it a little bit late, but what was great about them, we're down two going into the fourth, and by the time the starters started to sub back in, it was still an even game, or maybe we were just down two. I think we even took a four-point lead at one point there. So the second unit, which consisted of Corey Joseph, Josh Jackson, Hamadou, uh, Trey Lyles and Kelly Olynyk. It looked a little skittish there to end the third, but they picked it up in the fourth, gave the starters a chance to come in and win it. And then again, there in the middle of the fourth is where we saw Josh Jackson, the good and the bad, right? He was great all game. And then there in the fourth, he just kind of, you know, re reverted back to some of those poor decisions, took a, a what I would call a bad three, had a couple turnovers. But this, guys, leads me into my biggest takeaway as we go into the biggest takeaway segment of this episode and that's Cade Cunningham's going to be huge for this team to close out games. How many games last year did we see like this where we play so well, jump on a team early in the first, and then we just we hold it together throughout the game, and then we just can't close it in the fourth? Jeremy had one big shot, but then he takes a tough fadeaway that's not a very high percentage shot. 
I think I, I know that's where Cade Cunningham is going to be huge. He I've said it before. He led NCAA in clutch points last year, and so when we get Cade Cunningham back, that's going to be where I, I think the biggest impact he will make. I was texting with Neil Rule before I started the episode, and he said the same thing. He said it looks like last year's team without Cade Cunningham, and that's essentially what the team is, right? It, it, it's last year's team. A few things traded in and out. But we saw the same result, that tonight's game looked like last year's team, and that's because Cade Cunningham wasn't on the floor. And the nice thing is, guys, we don't have to wait a year, hope we win the lottery and anything else. Cade Cunningham is in the Pistons organization. He's going to be in a Pistons uniform soon. And so it'll be very interesting to watch and see how the end of those games change when he's on the floor. My next other and, and other biggest takeaway Killian Hayes did not look good tonight, guys. And it's one game, and I'm going to preach patience, and I'm going to preach patience to myself as I took notes to do a breakdown for Detroit Bad Boys sometime tomorrow or through the next few games. But him not being at the floor to the end of the game isn't a great look for him. I know some people may not agree with it. My guy Koo tweeted out. He didn't think that he that should have been the case. But I agree with the guys that tweeted back at him that said Corey Joseph was the better player tonight. And I don't even know that I thought Kojo was great. But Killian Hayes didn't look good. If we just go to the stat line, and I, I, I don't love to just go to the stat line, no points, five rebounds, two assists, 0 of 6 from the field. He didn't look great going to the rims in, in terms of like, I, he has this new body, like this strong body, like go embrace the contact, stay on his line. My guy Wes, who's helping me produce the show, listening in right now, making sure it all sounds okay. You know, he even brought up, it looks like he just needs to take one more step to go ahead and get there, push through that contact. But that was a big takeaway for me. Killian Hayes not in the floor. I don't disagree with Dwayne Casey's decision. I actually support Dwayne Casey's decision. I thought it was the right decision if we're trying to win that game, but it's not a great look. Again, patience, guys. It's game one of 82. Give him some more time, but we got to see more from Killian Hayes going forward. The other thing, initially, Stewart was in the game. Um, with the, the the finishing unit, I had talked about. I thought maybe Kelly Olynyk would be that guy, and then we started to see the offensive defensive substitutions. Olynyk did go in very late, you know, less than a minute out of a timeout. He was there for offensive purposes. I think we could see a lot of that close games, late game situations, kind of the offensive defense substitutions. Isaiah Stewart on defense, Olynyk on offense. My player of the game is going to go to Jeremy Grant. I think my guy Wes supported this as well. Obviously, he was really good tonight, guys. Carrying over from the preseason where he was, 24 points for Jeremy Grant. He did hit some big buckets. Again, he he had a really, really bad miss late, a a shot that he shouldn't be taking. I, I shouldn't say I don't mind him taking it, but I understand. And if we want to continue to get looks from him, or a look at him as the number one go-to guy. Those are the kind of shots we got to see him take. I don't know if it necessarily just based off that one shot attempt means he can't be the guy, but he ne- didn't necessarily show it in that moment. But the possession or two before, he hit a, he did hit a big shot. And I thought throughout the games, as I'll get to here in a little bit in the play of the game segment again, he made big shots when the momentum was starting to shift. And I thought that was really huge. I thought he was really good on the defensive end. I did a breakdown for Detroit Bad Boys talking about that. The defensive end and the rebounds for Jeremy Grant, that all-around game is where I'd like to see him take a step this year. And without Kate Cunningham even in the lineup, we saw Jeremy Grant doing it on the defensive end. And he came through with six rebounds. Um, let me check and see if those were all defensive. Three offensive, three defensive. So you like the three offensive, but I'd like to see some more on the defensive end. You know, three more defensive rebounds. As I'm looking at this, 
And talking about two other guys that if you wanted to say they were players of the game or, or kind of have an argument, I think it's Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart. So looking at Sadiq Bay, everything else I've talked about in terms of the scoring, the post-ups, the passing, he did have seven rebounds, sorry, seven defensive rebounds, nine total rebounds. So just a great all-around game from Sadiq Bay. How about this stat line from Sadiq? 13 points, nine rebounds, four assists in 32 minutes. He looked really, really good. Again, I know I always reference Twitter. That's the only social media platform I'm on, guys. But I saw people tweeting out like, is this really what Sadiq Bey is? Is he really this good? And it's kind of fun to be like, yeah, this this is who he's going to be. And even though I may have been wrong about him in terms of the passing, it's really good to see. And I think we're going to continue to see that and more from him. And then Isaiah Stewart, again, with a really nice game, 12-8 and eight stat line. I thought he looked good. Again, maybe not take, showing that like next step type stuff that we're hoping to see or maybe this is just me maybe it's just something I'm hoping to see but I thought Isaiah Stewart looked really good just being the guy we thought he was going to be last year um, again Wes and I have talked about this where in the preseason the first few games it we weren't weren't seeing that Isaiah Stewart but uh, if you listen to the previous episode with James Edwards III he does bring up the fact that Isaiah Stewart and the ankle injury and he's still just kind of getting back into this and I thought in the fourth preseason game and then carrying over in tonight into tonight we saw the Isaiah Stewart we all love and uh, love and appreciate here in Detroit moving into the next segment the play of the game segment I kind of like to take this two different ways, guys. Like it can be actual play of the game, but you guys know how I am. I like to break down the game and get into it a little bit. So there was a few different like stretches of the game that I'm going to get to first. Around the end of the second quarter, Levine hits a huge three for the Bulls. I don't know if it was their first lead of the game, but it was their first lead in a while. Right in response to that, Jeremy Grant responds with a three. On the other end, him and Isaiah Stewart combine for a block slash steal, whatever you want to call it. And then Jeremy Grant goes to the free throw line on the next possession. I thought that was a great stretch right there. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not just end of the game kind of clutch moments. It's throughout the game when you can see the momentum shifting. And I felt like... The Bulls, who had not had a great start to the game, didn't have very good flow. Levine had finally said, like, I'm going to take over here. And right there before half, that was a kind of a breaking point where if Grant doesn't make those shots, doesn't get to the free throw line, if we don't get stops, maybe they jump out to a six, eight point lead going into half and still all the momentum. And that didn't happen. Huge shot by Grant, followed by a defensive stop and then goes to the free throw line, which is another thing I think we really want to watch for is how much we can get to the, this team gets to the free throw line and Jeremy Grant in particular. The next one was mid-third, and I've referenced this, the stretch from Sadiq Bey. Two really, really nice assists on drives to the lane, then just catches in the mid-post, squares his man up, knocks down a mid-range, and then the step-through move, or like it was like a reverse step-through move. He had his back to the basket and, and almost stepped back. All right, just a nice little stretch there from Sadiq Bey. I thought was really, really beautiful basketball and really kind of in almost four or five possessions there kind of just encapsulated his entire game and improvement from year, year one. And then also in the third, we lose the lead again. And again, Jeremy Grant's the guy that makes the play. Grant drops off a nice uh, pass to Olenek um, out of timeout where I thought Dwayne Casey was really good drawing up plays um, until maybe the very end of the game. The... Bulls got a three, 
immediately matched again by Jeremy Grant. So I'm going back to Jeremy Grant a lot here. He makes some big shots in this game, and it's not just about the end of the game, but throughout the game to keep the momentum. You know, a lot of guys can make shots whenever the momentum's for them. Can you make shots when the momentum's against you? I realize the Pistons were at home tonight. Is he going to be able to make those shots on the road? We'll have to see. But some big shots from Jeremy Grant tonight when I I personally felt like the momentum was starting to slip. And then a three from Corey Joseph on the possession after that kept the lead for the Pistons for a little while. And then if you want to go just to specific plays, there was two that stood out to me. One, the Josh Jackson chase down block. Again, I thought he had a really good night. Sands a couple possessions in the fourth quarter. Obviously, those are huge possessions that people are going to highlight and talk about. I know I have them marked down from my Josh Jackson breakdown that I'll do, but that chase down block was really nice. You saw the hustle. I believe it may have been after one of, no, it wasn't after, may have been after one of those turnovers actually. So, and then how about the Sadiq Bay Euro step? I know I've talked a lot about Sadiq Bay. I think rightfully so. I mean, based off of what we saw from him, but a beautiful little Euro step, I believe, in the first quarter there and the finish. So lots of love for Sadiq Bay. This last segment I hear about our Pistons is something to keep an eye on. So I have a few just little things, I think, as we move forward. I know it's only been one game. This segment will get a little easier as we get more and more games throughout the season. But something to keep an eye on is the second unit unit minutes. How are those minutes going to go? And are they going to, will Dwayne Casey and staff eventually stagger those minutes? Um, again, on Twitter, had somebody bring up, like, they don't, there's not really a star. Now, the Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo combination looked a lot better than I think what a lot of people thought. But when you have guys like Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, and then Cade Cunningham, can you really afford or do we want to keep all three of those guys off the floor at the same time? Or are we going to stagger minutes so at least one of those three is on the floor with the second unit? Doesn't necessarily mean you take minutes away from these second unit guys, but is there one of those guys or two that you want to keep in the, on the floor with them so you always kind of have that quote-unquote star go-to type offensive player? I think that'll be something to keep an eye on moving forward. Another thing I alluded to this earlier, the actions and the sets from Dwayne Casey and his staff. I thought we saw some really good stuff after timeout early in the game. Ran a post up for Jeremy Grant. Again, guys, you're going to see a lot of mid-post actions for Grant, Bay, Cade Cunningham. We're going to run through our, our offense through those guys in that position. Um, there's a mid-post like ball screen action for Sadiq Bay, and then the lob that I know everybody's going to remember, the lob pass from uh, Killian Hayes to Isaiah Stewart was after timeout. Nice little set, nice action there. Jeremy Grant was on the weak side, so the weak side help couldn't come over and contest the lob. Nice pass by Killian Hayes. So just another thing to watch for as we move throughout the season, especially as Cade Cunningham returns to the lineup what actions do we see from Dwayne Casey and his staff to put these guys in the best position possible and then three-point shooting it was something that was talked about all last season spacing what are we going to get at from the three-point line 21% from the three-point line tonight guys as we go through the roster Sadiq Bay 0 for 4 Frank Jackson 1 for 5 that one was a banked in three Isaiah Stewart 0 for 1, Corey Joseph 1 for 4, Olenek 0 for 4, Josh Jackson 1 for 3, Lyles and Diallo 0 for 1 each, and then Jeremy Grant was 3 for 5. So if Jeremy Grant, and I talked a lot about those threes being big time clutch threes, middle of the game, momentum changing threes, or momentum stopping, if he doesn't shoot the ball well, 
I mean, obviously from three-point line, the Pistons don't shoot it well at all. One game sample size, nothing to get crazy about, but just something to keep an eye on as we move through the first eight to ten games of the regular season. Is this a trend or was it just really a one-game poor shooting night? Because I think that is something we all know and believe is something that this team needed to improve on. And then again, I, I, maybe I'm going overboard on Sadiq Bey, and if I am, I'm sorry if people are tired of hearing me talk about him, but I thought he was really good. And his passing development, again, one-game sample, going back to the preseason, could say th- four or five-game sample, but do we continue to see him be that kind of playmaker, offensive initiator, getting other guys open shots? That's something I'm really interested to uh, watch through the next eight to ten games as well. Just a few words about the Chicago Bulls, the, the, the Pistons' opponent tonight. Not much flow for them early in the game. They needed, maybe with their new pieces, they're trying to figure things out. Guys, Zach Levine is really, really good. Um, he was the best player on the floor tonight. I, I watched some film on him over the offseason, and he is a big-time player. I'm really interested to see what kind of season he has for the Chicago Bulls um, with the, the new roster and some of the talent around him as they kind of gel and create some chemistry. Him and Vooch looked really good in the pick-and-roll. Obviously, they had the second half of last season to play together. DeRozan didn't look good early, but made some big plays late, and you can see where he's going to be beneficial for this team. Ball, not a great night. Hit some shots in the second half not a major factor the guy that I was kind of interested to watch was Patrick Williams second year guy for the Bulls didn't do a whole lot didn't flash a whole lot obviously I keep my eye on the Pistons throughout the game but if you even if you look at the stat line which doesn't say everything but you know shows you a little bit not a huge game and then just one interesting note for the Bulls maybe through all the sign-in trades they lost a little depth but Io DeSuma was having to play major minutes in the fourth quarter. Maybe they're just trying to get him some time. But maybe depth is a thing to watch out for the Bulls as they move through forward through the season. So just a few words there on our opponent from tonight, the Chicago Bulls. And it you know, makes sense because if we look ahead to the next couple games for the Pistons, we will see those same Chicago Bulls again on Saturday night. So it'll be interesting to see you know, back-to-back opponents that are a little bit familiar with each other, that opening night, either rust or just jitters, anxiety, whatever it is. Pistons go on the road. The Bulls get their uh, home opener. So it'll be interesting to see what we can tell in contrast between the two games. And then we get the Atlanta Hawks. After that, Trey Young and a team with a lot of high expectations as well. I do want to make note, if you guys have a chance, sign up for the Clubhouse app, the Motor City Hoops Club. We had our first event Tuesday night, had a you know a, a nice little showing, a nice little group, great Pistons conversation. Just come in, guys. It's just free-flowing. I had someone text me afterwards. It's, like, it's just like you're sitting around at a bar having drinks and just talking Pistons. So, so join, download the Clubhouse app, join the Motor City Hoops Club. We'll have another event Saturday pre-game, 30 minutes before the game. It's already set up in there. Come join that. We'll talk Pistons. We can talk, you know, recap from this game, preview of that game and what we see going on. And I think that's how we're going to do it either pre or post game from now on. That's going to wrap it up for me for this episode. I want to make it kind of short and sweet and just give my instant analysis and recap of the game and what I was thinking. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Motor City Hoops podcast and for all of your support of Motor City Hoops and the content I'm creating. Make sure you continue to check out the Detroit Bad Boys website for my articles and video breakdowns that I'll be creating throughout the season. I will have at least one coming from this game. And I had some ex- an exciting announcement today as the Motor City Hoops podcast will be joining Detroit Bad Boys exclusively to become part of their podcast lineup starting November 1st. 
I'm hoping the royal rollover will go smoothly, but just in case it doesn't, just know that starting in a little over a week, you will find Motor City Hoops as part of that podcast feed. Again, this was my first time doing an episode solo, so I hope you enjoyed it, and I welcome any and all feedback, positive or negative. I played Division I basketball, guys. You can't say anything to me that I haven't heard or call me a name that I haven't been called, so I promise I welcome feedback. I thrive off feedback. I want to know what you think. My goal is simply to keep growing and getting better. I want to send a shout out to my guy, Wes Davenport, who helps me with the podcast now. I don't know I could do all of it without him. So thank you, Wes. Next episode, I'll be joined by Matt Issa, creator of Quest for the Best for episode 58 of the podcast. We'll drop on Tuesday, the 26th. Make sure you check that one out and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Motor City Hoops podcast. Please give us a rating, drop a review, and subscribe. For more content, including video breakdowns, make sure you follow us at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. I hope you join us next episode. Until then, be safe and be well.